On this episode of the Blue Jacketeer podcast, we will be covering Chapter 5 of the Corman Manual. Welcome to the Blue Jacketeer podcast, where we help you prepare for the Navy-wide advancement exam by covering study material created by highly qualified sailors. Learn more about what we have to offer at www.bluejacketeer.com. Welcome back to the bluejacketeer.com podcast for hospital corpsmen. Again, I'm Alex Lemock. Here at Blue Jacketeer, we aim to bring you the tools you need to be successful on the Navy-wide advancement exam. On this episode, we will continue with the hospital corpsman manual covering chapter 5. And be sure to pay attention because on the next episode, you will be quizzed on what you learned today. Without further delay, let's get started. As always, sit back, take off your blousing straps, kick up your feet, and listen up. This is chapter 5 of the hospital corpsman manual, Medical Logistics. In today's lesson, we will be going over some basic medical logistic fundamentals. Like being a mechanic, having the right tool for the job is also a must for hospital corpsmen. The inner workings of the Navy supply system are vast and can be daunting at times, maybe even frustrating to those who are not well versed on the structure, publications, forms, programs, and requirements. It may not always be fun, but supply keeps the medical department going every day. To help understand the structure of medical logistics, First, we must cover some of the history of medical and dental logistics. The United States Navy established the Navy Medical Supply in Brooklyn, New York in 1850. In 1853, Congress authorized a separate manufacturing laboratory that enabled it to produce medical supplies for the medical department of the Navy. The Navy, however, saw a big change in this way of doing business in July of 1952, when the Navy Medical Supply Depot in Brooklyn was transferred to the Bureau of Supplies and Accounts. This meant that the Navy Medical Department was no longer involved in the central manufacturing, warehousing, and distributing of medical supplies. Supplies would now be controlled by the Department of Defense. To this day, the DOD centralized supply system continues to serve the Navy Medical Department's needs. The local medical logistics department utilizes the Defense Logistics Agency, or DLA, Navy Supply Systems Command, NAVSUP, and Naval Medical Logistics Command, NAVMED LOGCOM, for overall support. The term logistics, as used in the Navy, encompasses the acquisition, accounting, sustainment, and disposition of assets within the Department of the Navy. It utilizes NAVMED LOGCOM to ensure proper fiscal administration by directives, principles, and policies prescribed by the Comptroller of the Navy. Although the ultimate responsibility rests on the commanding officer of each activity. Organization of medical logistics departments at all naval medical and dental activities with logistic responsibilities is set out by the Chief of BUMED. This standard organization encompasses key functional areas such as purchasing and contracting, material receipt storage and issue, supply inventory management, equipment management, biomedical equipment maintenance, Central Processing and Distribution, and Healthcare Service Contracting. The Defense Logistics Agency, or DLA, via the Federal Supply System, maintains centralized inventory management and physical distribution of depot and vendor medical and dental material to MTFs and DTFs worldwide. At this time, let's dive further into the key areas and explain some specifics to each section. The key area of purchasing and contracting involves two divisions, technical review and purchasing. The technical review division 
screens all requisitions to verify that the items are available from a mandatory government source of supply, or to assist in determining commercial sources for that supply. Purchasing Division staff reviews purchase requests and determines the type and method of procurement. Warehouse, Storeroom, and Receipt Control Division, under the key area of Material, Receipt, Storage, and Issue, plan and direct operations necessary to physically receive and control incoming and outgoing supplies and equipment. They then determine the need for storage, direct turnover for the customer, or shipment to a remote site. The next key area of supply, Inventory Management, encompasses Stock Control Division. This division is responsible for the inventory management aspects of the material held in warehouses or purchased for direct issue to a customer. The Equipment Management Division administers the command's property utilization and disposal program. It identifies and accounts for plant property and minor medical and non-medical equipment within the command's control. Biomedical Division of Biomedical Equipment Management administers medical and dental equipment preventative and corrective maintenance programs. The last key area, Central Processing and Distribution, maintains the division's central supply. Planning and directing operations necessary to order and receive material for working stock levels or PAR levels, which are predetermined stock levels maintained in the customer's working space and based on established usage. Being keen on supply means being familiar with some of the most common NAVSUP and NAVMED logcom manuals, publications, and directives. The first being the Navy Supply Systems Command Manual, the NAVSUP PTAC 485. This manual is designed to institute standardized supply procedures, establish policies for operating and managing supply departments and activities, and consists of the following three volumes. Volume 1, Navy Supply Procedures Afloat. Volume 2, Navy Supply Procedures Supply Appendices. Volume 3, Navy Supply Procedures Ashore. The next supply publication is the NAVSUP PTAC 409. Mill Strip, Mill Strap Manual. This manual is published as a handy reference for personnel responsible for originating and processing Mill Strip and Mill Strap documents. The NAVMED PTAC 5132, Bureau of Medicine and Surgery's Equipment Management Manual, is available via the NAVMED LogCom homepage and provides equipment management procedures and reiterates the DON policy. In dealing with supply, there are many terms associated with everyday life in a warehouse or in a supply office. Knowing some of these commonly used terms will help the HM understand the system better and allow for an ease in communication. Let's cover some of the more common terms used in supply. Procurement is the act of obtaining materials and services. Commitment is when appropriated funds have been approved and set aside for the acquisition of goods and services. When the term obligation is used, it means a qualified purchasing agent enters into a contractual agreement, therefore obligating the government with a vendor for goods and services. A ratification is the process in which an unauthorized commitment is reviewed by designated personnel. The term priority designator refers to a two-digit number used by the customer to determine the urgency of the requisitioned item. Bulk stock is material in full, unbroken containers available for future use. 
Reserve stock is items that are on hand and available for a specific purpose, but not for general use. Standard stock is material under the control of an inventory manager and identified by a national item identification number. If you are following along with your Corman manual, a complete list of the terms can be found located on pages 5Tech3 through 5Tech5. Another very important aspect of supply to understand is the operating budget. This is an annual budget for each activity. It is assigned by the Chief of Naval Operations, Fiscal Management Division. These funds are distributed as OPTARs, or Operating Targets, and are generally appropriated in four equal quarterly divisions. These OPTARs prevent the spending of too much money at once, leaving little for the remainder of the year. Because supply is so vast in the amount of items that are contained in its system, it is imperative that each item is uniquely identified to assist with the ease of ordering and maintaining appropriate stock. The Federal Supply Classification System, or FSC, is designed to permit the classification of all items of supply used by the federal government. The FSC is made up of two two-digit numeric codes. These are known as the Federal Supply Group and Federal Supply Class. The National Stock Number, or NSN, also plays a role in the system. Every FSC is identified by a 13-digit stock number. It consists of a four-digit federal supply classification and a nine-digit national item identification number, or NIN. Inside the NIN is the two-digit National Codification Bureau code and an additional seven digits that identify each NSN in the federal supply distribution system. An example of this system can be explained with the NSN 6415-TAC00-123 TAC 457, where 6515 is the FSC, 00 is the NCB, and 123 TAC 4567 is the NIN. In order to maintain an adequate number of supplies on hand of a particular item, the different levels of supply must be understood. The operating level is a measurement that indicates the amount of material required to sustain operations during the interval between the arrival of replenishment shipments, normally seven days of supply. The safety level is a measurement that indicates the amount of an item needed over and above the operating level. This level is utilized to sustain operations in the event of a normal replenishment is not able to be accomplished. This is normally 14 days of supply. The next level is known as stockage objective. It indicates the minimum amount of a stock item that is required to support current operations. It is the sum of both the operating and safety level. The last level is known as the requisitioning objective. It indicates the maximum amount of a stock item to be kept on hand and on order to support operations. It is the sum of the stockage objective and the amount of the item that will be consumed in the interval between the submission of a requisition and the arrival of the supply. In maintaining appropriate stock of an item, and to assist with the determination of a future need, the most accurate portrait of what will be needed is knowing the needs of the past. The best way for this to be completed is through accurate and complete stock records. The Navy currently uses the SAM system on board ships to assist with the tracking of all aspects of medical supply. Two terms are associated with usage data, reorder point 
or ROP, is defined as the level in which a replenishment action is indicated. If the on-hand quantity plus the quantity due in is less than the reorder point, a replenishment action must be taken. OST, or order and ship time, refers to the time elapsed between the initiation of stock replenishments for an item and the receipt of that item by the activity. It is usually set for 30 days for items ordered under a routine priority through the Federal Supply Depot. Supply and money go hand in hand, and with that comes documentation. Being familiar with supply forms and their uses will ensure that accountability is maintained throughout the supply system. Some common forms associated with logistics, in particular, requisitioning and contracting, are covered next. The DD Form 1348 is used to order standard stock items that have an NSN. Additionally, the DD Form 1348-6 is used to request material that cannot be identified by an NSN. Another form is the DD Form 1149. This is also known as the Requisition and Invoice Shipping Document. It can be used as a local form for requisitioning single or multi-line items of material. The last of the forms is the DD Form 1155. This document is for official purchase orders and is required whenever an open market order is placed with a vendor. It is known as the Order for Supplies and Services form. There are seven sources of supply when medical and dental material is procured through the Navy or DOD supply system. They are placed in the following hierarchy. 1. Local Activity Stock or Local Serve Mart. 2. Federal Supply System. 3. Federal Prison Industries, also known as Unicor. 4. National Industries for the Blind and Severely Handicapped. 5. General Services Administration, or GSA, Federal Supply Schedule Contracts. 6. Defense Personnel Support Center, DPSC. And 7. DOD Prime Vendor Requirement Contracts. Inventory is another mainstay of supply. The Navy identifies nine different inventories with various indicators for use. They are as follows. Controlled Substance Inventory. These are to be conducted unannounced monthly by the Controlled Substance Inventory Board. Bulkhead to Bulkhead. These inventories are conducted annually and are a physical count of material in a specific storeroom. Specific Commodity Inventories. These are a physical count of items under the same cognizant symbol or federal supply class or that support the same operational function. Next is a special material inventory. This physical count of items is conducted because of their physical characteristics, cost, or other reason and are specifically designated for separate identification and inventory control. More information on these inventories can be found in the NAVSUP PTAC 485. Know that medical supplies are examples of both specific commodity and special material inventories. A spot inventory is an unscheduled type of physical inventory used for verifying the existence of a specific item. Location surveys are conducted during the spot check and serve the purpose of verifying the location accuracy of an inventory item. A velocity inventory is required on items with a relatively high turnover rate. As part of the annual scheduled inventory program, a random sampling inventory is conducted. It is done to measure the stock record accuracy 
for a segment of material on hand. Department inventories are conducted on items not carried on the medical logistics inventory records, but represent a considerable investment and are a valuable asset to the command. Their goal is to keep enough stock on hand to meet routine and peak demands while holding the financial investment to a minimum. The last of the inventories is a war reserve inventory. They are also known as war reserve material requirements or mobilization requirements. These inventories are for activities that have an expanded mission during wartime and will have material requirements identified to support the expanded mission. The release of these war reserve materials assets is governed by OPNAV instruction 4080.1 series. When conducting an inventory of a storeroom or a spot check of an area, the individual conducting the inventory must not only ensure that material is on hand, but also that safety procedures are being maintained. All material must be stored in a clean and orderly manner that maximizes space and productivity while ensuring an accurate inventory. The aisles should be wide enough to permit the easy access of material handling equipment. This is generally one and a half times the width of the largest cart or the vehicle used in the space. If vehicles are used to load material, chalk should be used behind the wheels during loading and unloading to prevent unwanted movement. Boxes in the storage area should be stacked evenly with the labels facing towards the front. All containers marked up should be stored accordingly. Pallets should be used at all times to keep items off the ground. However, no items should be placed or stacked closer than 18 inches from a sprinkler head. During the receiving process of material acquisition, there are times when a product may arrive to the purchaser with a discrepancy. In this case, the SF-364 report of discrepancy is filled out. This document is to report shipping type and package discrepancies on the part of the shipper. It is filed with the DOD supply system when a shipping type discrepancy is found. More information on the report of discrepancy can be found in NAVMED PTAC 5132, as well as local procedures. When items are stored in a warehouse or storeroom, they are prone to deterioration by various means. Due to this, the stock rotation protocol was established. This protocol is known as FIFO, or first in, first out. As the name implies, the items that are the oldest in the storage area are issued before the newer products of the same type. This protocol is especially important when dealing with products with a shelf life code or expiration date. For products without an expiration date, they should be rotated by the manufacturer's date located on the outside of the package. When in a bulk area, items are rotated from top to bottom. In all the other areas, materials pulled from the front to the back. A monthly check should be conducted to ensure that the rotation of stock procedures are being conducted. Items assigned to the shelf life code list are listed in the Navy Management Data List, NAVSUP Publication 4100. Some materials require special storage requirements. We will take the time to cover some of these items now. Hazardous materials include all types of compressed gases and materials that present a fire hazard or are otherwise dangerous. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA, sets regulations regarding the rights of employees to know the potential dangers associated with hazardous chemicals in the workplace. Each medical and dental treatment facility is guided by BUMED instructions to develop, implement, and maintain a written hazard communication program. 
These programs include labeling of products, training, and the use of material safety data sheets, or MSDS. Another special storage requirement is gases and chemical hazards. These products include items that generate toxic vapors, such as when impressions and denture material are mixed together. Proper storage of these items is critical for safety and the MSDS must be complied with at all times. Flammable liquids also fall into this category, such as solvents. Alcohol should be stored in a locked container in the paint and flammable liquid storeroom. Dental materials, such as gypsum products, including dental plaster and stone, are considered hazards because of the dust particles released. Another special storage requirement is damaged, expired, or material temporarily suspended from use by medical material recall notices. These items are held in the suspended or JSTOC area. This area is primarily used for the storage of materials unsuitable for use. Next, let's talk about some maintenance. Logistic support does not only apply to the issue of supplies and material, it also includes biomedical maintenance and management. Under this purview, there are three types of maintenance requirements. Scheduled maintenance, also known as preventive maintenance. Unscheduled maintenance, this is corrective maintenance for the repair of equipment breakage and malfunctions. And no maintenance required, this is when equipment is operating normally and requires no scheduled maintenance. There are also three maintenance levels. Level one, Performance testing. This level is the responsibility of the equipment operator. Level two, preventive maintenance. This intermediate level of maintenance relates to the scheduled periodic requirements and is performed by the BMET. Level three, is maintenance requires a complete overhaul of an item. Note that if a contractor is responsible for level two or level three maintenance, only approved personnel can coordinate the maintenance with the contractor assigned. Service coordinated by an unapproved person may result in a voided warranty or contract or an unauthorized commitment. Maintenance work orders may be submitted on the NAVMED 6700-4, Medical and Dental Maintenance Work Order. Lastly, let's cover the contingency supply blocks. These medical and dental supplies are specific to a particular mission type and requirement. They are outlined in the Authorized Medical Allowance List or AMOL, an Authorized Dental Allowance List, or ADOL. NAVMED LogCom is responsible for developing, publishing, maintaining, and coordinating a comprehensive review of all AMOLs and ADOLs on an annual basis. These lists of supplies are considered the minimum amount of medical and dental material to be maintained by an operational platform or on order at any given time. All revisions are based on changes to the federal supply system, professional recommendations, and type commanders. Well, that's all we have for this episode of the BlueJacketeer.com podcast for Hospital Corpsmen. We hope that you are not only able to take this information and use it towards preparing for the Navy-wide advancement exam, but also in your daily duties as an HM. And don't forget to visit us at BlueJacketeer.com, where you will find even more study material for your upcoming exam. Also, be sure to check out the Chapter 5 quiz episode, where you can test your knowledge on what we covered today. As always, I'm Alex Lemont, saying thanks for listening.